Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Now, I actually just took some Kratom. This episode is sponsored by SoapCorner.com, my Kratom supplier. Definitely check them out if you like Kratom. Very good. Welcome, everyone, to the Robert Patton Global Podcast. We are Welcome, everyone, back. to the Robert Patton Podcast. We're back. We're back. I'm just going to be your hype man. I'm going to be your hype man. You go for it. I'll I'm the notorious, man. and you are my P. Diddy. Flavor. Flavor. We're back, people. Another we're episode. Back. And we're back with Leo Savage. Leo Savage. Leo Yurkidis. The OG. Me, Steel Mace Flow Master. You guys know know him probably if you follow us. You've seen him. You should be following him. He's been doing it for quite some time. The Steel Mace Flow King of the World. He invented it. You invented it. And it's and I yeah. see people on the on it page, including yourself, using your style. It's 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 alive, you know. It's pretty yeah. badass. Thank you. How's it going? How yeah. how are you doing? How's it going? How am I doing? Yeah, good man. Uh good doing real well. Uh I think most people can relate to uh I wasn't doing so well, but now I'm doing well. It was yeah. a tough year. Twenty twenty was tough. Yeah. Um uh, there was so much good in 2020 um, that I'm good now, but uh, I do recognize that 2020 was it was a fucking it was a motherfucking challenge, boy. I mean, yeah, for people that have to get out to perform their their, their profession, you had to stay home a lot. I guess I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you know, we usually teach. Uh, okay, so for those of you who don't know, I own a business called Steel Mace Flow, and in Steel Mace Flow, we express ourselves in fitness. I mean, that's kind of a a good just of it. Is to, you know, if you're having a bad day or a good day, uh, a lot of times you go to the gym with that vibe, and you deal with that shit. And uh, Steel Mace Flow is that focus of how to deal with your sh- your shit while moving and not just the bad shit but like good shit it should be celebrated so dealing with that uh the good stuff is is just as important as dealing with the bad shit uh but 2020 was a tough year uh i did not get to travel the world and teach mace man yeah that is like one of my favorite things in the whole world to do is to uh you know teach people the way that i view and see fitness um Man, this shit happened to me the other day, Robert. Uh, I met a girl, okay? The story's not about the girl, but uh, I got a hug from her. Love a hug. I I just remember, like, the hug. I was like, oh, man. This is a good fuck. This might be top ten hugs I've ever had. Wow. And uh, you're probably thinking, oh, man, she must be a great hugger. Or... I wonder when the last time this motherfucker got a hug was. Dude, I went eight months. I did the math. Eight months. No hugs. Jesus, Leo. I used to travel the world the collecting fuck? hugs, man. People just put their hand out. Hey, Leo, nice to meet you. I practice still makes flow. And I get that fucking hand out of here. And I give him a big hug. I travel the world giving hugs, heart to heart, full bodied hugs, and, uh, you know, respecting everybody's 
boundaries and understanding what's going on. Uh, you know, people stop making eye contact. People stop talking. People stop opening doors for each other. Can you believe that shit? Social distancing. That's so it, it made it hard to be a gentleman. I'm still opening doors for people. I I know because I go uh, the only place I go every day is the post office, and Ooh. you know it's a fucking you got your mask on, and if there's an old lady, it's like I don't know. I'm just I'm still opening doors. I'm not gonna be that guy. Hey, I, hey, I, res- I, res- I respect that. You know, I don't want to I don't want to make anybody feel weird. Is, is yeah, my, there is that though. My reasoning for that, but but you know things have changed. There have been some doors open. There have been some strangers that uh, I've had conversations with. So. Uh, you know, things are doing better. What's that? Well, Is that a mask? Yeah, it's my Chibichu mask. I got a, a, so I'm social distancing from you right now so that you don't get your... Your voice sounds better with that on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a bandit. Maybe I'm Yeah, man, things robber. are good, man. But I did, I, did, um, I did go through a bit of a spell. And I think, you know, you, you brought up, you know, we, we were talking uh, about success and... You know, what are some things that we can do to to help those things happen? And and this is a great time. Uh, coaching has turned into this wild west. You know, coaching used to be this Tell thing me. where, you know, you know, you'd go get certified, you'd go to school, you'd do all these things, and then you would coach people. But now there's uh, so much of a want um for personal development, like getting through this year, like how do I deal with, how do I deal with all the shit that compounded over the last year? There's a lot of these life, life, lifestyle coaches, life coaches uh, popping up. And man, it scares the fucking shit out of me, man. You can take a 45-day course, a 45-day course, and then after that 45-day course, you start taking people through shit that is way out of your league. I've seen people take literally a 45-day course and then ask their clients to dive into their childhood and relive past emotional traumas, knowing full well that they don't know what to do once those things are brought up. So it's, it's fucking scary, man. Wow. Uh, and, and so if you're out there and you're receiving coaching, you're going through a hard time, you need some emotional help, and you get that fucking message in your Instagram box, hey, you want to make $10,000 a month, join my coaching program. Learn how to reconnect with your spirit. You got to really be careful, man. It's like one of those letters you get, the email, hey, your uncle died, and we're going to send you $5 million. It's not true. All right? Uh, these, these coaches need experience. They need schooling. They need proper schooling before they take, uh, take people on these, on these journeys. Uh, hey, if you're going to invest in yourself, you're probably going to invest in some coaching. Make sure you invest in a coach who has some fucking experience. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's got all the letters behind his name. He's an MD. He's a doc. He's a. But, you know, experience is important. Uh, nobody taught Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee just made Jit Kune Do up. He wasn't mm-hmm. a doctor. He was the king of cha-cha. And that doesn't discredit his experience, his life experience and what he taught. And so, one of the things I noticed in these uh, mentorships, these small group, uh, these group coachings, is people going through the coaching process start to turn into the mentor or the guru. 
Mm-hmm. They start walking like him. They start talking like him. They start wearing short shorts. They start wearing weird sandals. They start drinking the teas they drink. They start reading the books they uh, read. And that all sounds good. But you know what happens when you start acting like other people? You inherit their problems. You lose yourself too, but or whatever. Continue. This is interesting. So if you uh, – I had this uh, coach went – He's like a communication coach. I can help you out with anything. That type of guy. He got divorced. <laughs> this is a guy giving relationship life advice, and he can't keep his marriage together. Guess what happened? I'll tell you. You don't have to Please. guess. Thank you. The people who were following him and imitating him, guess what happened to them? They got divorced. They no. got divorced. They got separated. And not only that, but they were applauded. They were rewarded. They were further indoctrinated into the fucking group. These groups are expensive. So you're spending a lot of money and you're detaching from your family and you're picking up values that aren't your own. It's called imposter syndrome. And it is a very good way to get hurt. And so um, I was part of that. Whoa. I was pretending. I was picking up traits from my guru. And I slowly started to absorb his problems. Dangerous stuff, man. Yeah. So that was the part where I was doing bad. Started losing relationships. Started in using the money I had uh, put together to get further education uh, in the same system. And the further I got into the system, the further away I got away from myself. And the more I, I started acting like these other people. And it hurt. I had an identity crisis. It's very uncomfortable to go through. A lot of people right now are losing their identities because job misplacement, having to move, not being able to hug people for eight eight months. Wow. And so a lot of people are going through this shit, and when a lot of people need help. And so we have to qualify the help that we're getting. We don't you don't have to, but you could take the road I took, and I can tell you that it's painful. And it's expensive. And more than all that, you want the toughest part is being forgiven. Because you're going to have to make some apologies to the people uh, you stepped over along the way. Or stepped past. Or the relationships that you set aside so you could follow the leader. (sighs) Fuck, dude. Let's open up this podcast. Let's go. Austin is weird, dude. (laughs) It's not Austin, man. It's It's the whole world. No, I'm just messing. Yeah, I was just joking. It's everywhere. Think about it. You came to my Still Mace Flow course and you said, man, Leo's cool. Yeah. I started saying what the deal is because of your influence. I started talking like you. (laughs) How cool. We pick up each other's habits. So you have to be careful. What happened? You know what happens? You're gonna well, who you what, well, right? Who you hang out with? That's a very good point. With. That's one of the principles of success is like choosing your friends wisely. I mean, and you want to choose people that are kind of going along the same path as you. And it sounds like this guy, person who you were following, had what you were looking for at least on the surface, and you were trying to choose your friends wisely. That's why you choose a, a you know teacher because you want to pr- improve yourself. And what right, and but sometimes people are full of shit, I guess, or, or have their own issues, and and it sounds like 
you know, it's easier to fix someone or, you know, fix someone else's problems than try to fix your own or go the divorce. And then, and then when that happens and he's the example and people start following it, he just kind of seems to like run with it and say, and say that like, that's a good thing somehow spin it in a, this weird positive. I hate way. that, man. Let me tell you about how much I hate that. All right. Yeah. Tell me, check this out. Uh, oh, Robert, uh, I'm so sorry about your breakup. I know that you didn't break up, but this is a conversation we've had. Right. But look at you now. I think that is the worst fucking stupidest ass friendship backhanded insult you could ever give. I went through an emotional torment. And my friends said, you're going to learn so much from that. I'm sorry that happened, but you're going to be so much better on the other side. I, I believe that I'm going to make it no matter what. And I don't need pain or discomfort to get where I'm going. But that's mm -hmm. just the process of life. I hate it when people, when people celebrate the thing that happened to you, that negative thing, because they think you're better for it. Motherfucker, I was going to get here regardless of the breakup or the car wreck or the accident. Nothing's going to stop me. And so I'm, I'm not happy when my friends go through... Uh, pain, especially when they think there's going to be enlightenment on the other side. One of, my, one of my least favorite things to hear from somebody, and it really makes you think about it as you uh, as somebody's going through a process, because it's very it's very easy to say, oh man, pain and discomfort, new age thinking. There are healers and our teachers, and they teach us a lot. Well, if we if if that's the truth, then why are we staying out of harm's way? Right. You know, why you aren't we purposefully right going out there and fucking ourselves up? You know what? I'm in a perfect relationship. I have the perfect job. I want to learn something about myself and be enlightened. I'm going to end my career and break up with my loved one. It will hurt me so bad. And I'll be better on the other end. Nobody's doing that. That's crazy. Did you there there's a YouTube not YouTube Netflix documentary with Tony Robbins and it's called I am your guru and mm. And like in the fucking in the documentary, he has one of the ladies call up her boyfriend who's holding her back and break up with him over the phone in front of the crowd. And he kind of like, you know, bullied her into it, like, do it, do it. So, you know, because he's holding you back type thing. And that just, you know, what you're saying kind of reminded me like he's the ultimate guru, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there's. I don't know. The only guru I like is Jesus Christ, baby. Hey, you know, I think that's a. I think that's. I think that's a good place to start. I don't know, <laughs> but you should. I mean, do you really want a guru, or, or should exactly. you be your own guru? Yeah, I mean, you Wim should Hoff, be your. You should be your own guru, but when you go to a Wim Hof course or when you go to a Tony Robbins course, you're you're responsibility is to yourself it's not to them you should mm -hmm. go in there with the strong moral compass of who you are and take from some of the lessons and add them into your life i guarantee you if i took a tony robbins course i would find things i disagree with and i would celebrate that and that helps me uh see tony robbins or whoever the speaker is as a real person but if you get into a practice and everything the thing everything the person says you believe and you relate to 
you are turning them into a guru. You are putting them on a pedestal. There's no way you and me have everything in common. We should have disagreements as friends. We should see things differently as friends. And so the same thing when it comes to a mentor or you know, a coach, like, hey, how's your coach? I love him, but he smokes cigarettes. I would never smoke cigarettes, but I love everything else about him. And he drives a Hummer. I would never drive a Hummer. Those <laughs> things I don't like about him. I would never do those things with him, but I, I read his books. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really get it. I've, I've watched this documentary, another one called Into the Wild. I think it's about yeah, Osho. Yeah, yeah. Great documentary, and I. Right. And so we're, you know, do you get? Did this guy have that thing that he that Osho had, where you get like high when you're just like around this like the person? You know, they have this presence that's so like this. Their aura is so powerful. You you being in their presence is like just you know know, those those trusts are built up really small like uh, i don't know much about the practice of scientology um but i do understand that you get some information from them uh, as like a introduction and if you do that information what you'll see is monetary success hey do these things and you're going to make money okay cool no investment or low investment, and then I get a return on my investment, which is which is good. And so, you, uh, a lot of times, that's how uh, the the relationship starts. Is there is is a reward for listening to them? And uh, man, I listened and I made some money. And so then it became, what else do you have to say? Mm-hmm. Well, I have more to say, Leo. Okay, and it costs more money. Oh, okay, great. Hey, the first problem program cost ten grand, and I made some money. How much is the next program? Well, it's it's fifty thousand dollars for the year, and you're going to get a bigger investment because it's more, and we've already established this relationship. There is the monetary, and then there is the tribe. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants people. And so when you go to a packed auditorium and everybody is looking at the singer or the priest or the talker, there is a vibe that is created in the room that you can't help but feel wrapped up in. And how many of us have seen the speaker or the talker or your coach or your teacher and said, I want to be that guy when I grow up? Now, that didn't necessarily mean, hey, I want to turn into Tony Robbins. But I want to be the person talking. I want to be the person helping. I want to be I want to be the, a good dude. And something happens to normal motherfuckers when they get money, power, and followers. You start looking at yourself different. You start thinking different. I'm a pretty to the earth guy, but this is something I experienced. The more money I got and the more followers I got, the more full of myself I got. I started to believe what people thought of me was true rather than just my opinion. Trippy, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, because I'm going through a something right now i don't know exactly what it is and not to turn it around to me it's always about you 
<laughs> that's very that's very interesting. Let's talk about me now. Uh, yeah. But no, on the same vein though, like because we're becoming more successful, and I, I just I mean, honestly I don't even know what to do about it. I mean I'm kind of very surreal, and I, I don't even I don't know if I'm changing, but you kind of how could you not, right? Did um, you get a Tesla? Yes. <laughs> You fucking changed, man. <laughs> Come on, the Tesla's cool though. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not saying Tesla's bad, but there was a time where you didn't have Tesla money. Now you got a fucking Tesla, and so it the 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 money in your pocket changes things, like consequence. Like there was a time where I prayed, like man, let me just get to this next paycheck, and please God, don't let me get a flat tire, don't let my windshield bust. Man, and if I get a parking ticket, I'm not going to be able to eat. And then I got a couple of bucks in my pocket, and I was like, yeah, whatever. Flat tire, I'll buy four new ones with gold rims. Exactly. And so so, so the uh, your position changes you, and, and of course, your resources changes the way, change the way you react. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ways that I've helped uh, relegate those emotions is by helping and by mm-hmm. giving. Absolutely. And I love that. that. I want to talk about that. that. Is, yeah. That is the thing. Um, well, yeah. Um, and this is in the same lines, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, switch subjects to that. But uh, I know a lot of healers, a lot of people that are healers, but I don't know anybody who's healed. Mm. I know a lot of like dudes who have been all over the world and seen all kinds of things, but they're not healed. Mm-hmm. Being healed or healing is a circle. It's a practice. And so there you are going through the healing process and you make some monetary gains. You make some business gains. You make some relationship gains. You can't stop the practice of healing. And so I'm at a point now where if there's the healing I do to myself, like taking care of myself, eating right, yada, yada, yada. And then there's this bigger scope of what helps my mental health out, and it is helping other people. Mm-hmm. And so for me to continue my healing process, which is this never-ending circle, I love circles, I pour into people. Mm-hmm. I help their problems seem as big as my problems. It, which, you know, um, would, by the description I just gave with having a little bit more coin in my pocket, my problems aren't such a big deal nowadays. And so helping people get to a place where they can have the same uh, security in dealing with their problems, it's important. Mm-hmm. And if I ever, just there's this uh, guitars for vets. You can buy an acoustic guitar for $250 and they'll find a uh, vet who's dealing with PTSD who needs it. And so anytime I start uh, feeling that type of way, if I don't have somebody directly to help, I have charities that I help mm-hmm. and give to. And and it's such an awesome feeling, man. Like there was a time in my life where, and I'm going to talk like 2006, 2007, I had a, a suit and tie job and I was making good money. And uh, I didn't have any free time at all. Just worked and made money. And then I'd have one day off and I would go like purge the money looking for um, healing or 
So I don't know what the fuck I was looking for, but I felt like if I spent the money and bought things, maybe it would would help. And in the same way, rather than buying the Dolce & Gabbana watch or the gold 20-inch Dayton's for the Impala, I don't have one of those, but how cool would that be? Uh, you know, I help people. And, it's, and it is a satisfying feeling that carries over. It is a very beautiful and healthy practice to learn how to give and when to give. <clears throat> well, so I wanted to chime in because they say if you make like $70,000 a year, you, you, you reach like the amount of money that you need to reach like a kind of peak level of happiness for, related to money. Um, if you make double that, you're not going to be like twice as happy and so forth and so on, 10 times as happy. Mm. But I started thinking, but what if you helped 10 people? What if you helped 100 people? Does helping people make you happier? You know, and, and does it get, do you, can you become happier by helping, you know, the more and more people you help? And I want, to with our money and i didn't buy myself a tesla i bought my wife a tesla i know i, have, I know i still have my 2004 lexus but i'm gonna get one <laughs> soon ish but uh so but i'm you know and as she grows you know stacy bought her parents a house kind of with her with her other siblings and um but it's too they it's got a warehouse in it they're gonna like work for sheath they're gonna ship packages so her parents are gonna have like employment kind of from she so we're like helping them and we help these dogs and, you know we always fostering these dogs and stuff and i want the you know like five years ago i think it was 2015 i was in the kitchen at the san antonio house with my friend nick we were talking like what what would you do when you become successful and i was like you know you want to help people and but who specifically and i, t I talked mm. about animals i guess my point in bringing it up was to pose the question to you though you know because like money isn't everything and money is helps with stress and, and anxiety not necessarily happiness and so it's like what is the key to happiness and you just basically said it i feel you know with helping others Am I right? Yeah, I, yeah, it is. It is the thing that uh, makes me the happiest and fulfills my life the most. And it is the thing that, if I don't practice, uh, yeah, I get further and further away from that uh, that healing process. And so I start taking steps back. Uh, but you know, there's something to that. Like uh, that, you got to have a little money. A couple bucks helps. Got to have a couple bucks. I mean, you could just totally help people out. But as I look at Tony Robbins, what's Tony Robbins drive? Uh, probably a bunch. How of many mansions things. does that dude have? Yeah, <laughs> too many. <laughs> but if he's the dude, then why does he have the things? Can't he just be happy helping people? I mean, I'm sure he could get on the phone with the electric bill company and, you know, he might owe them some money and he might be able to, like, coach the bill collector a little bit and make their day better, but she's going to say, pay me. So you got to have a little bit of money and money. Yeah. I, I yeah. Name, name somebody who's really woke, who, who doesn't have a yeah, mansion or fancy car, you know, it's part <laughs> of it. 
They say money can't buy you happiness. Check this out, bro. Look, watch this. I, get, I bought new teeth. I'm trying to get that too. Nice. Looking yeah, good, buddy. son. Dude, fucking I never have smiled this big. Money doesn't buy happiness. Look at this fucking smile. Yeah. I'm so happy. I have nice. it. Nice. I like that. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, they say color doesn't matter. Tell that to a fucking gold watch. Okay? Yeah. It makes a difference. All right? So there's there's truth to it. We might want to get away from like might want to get away from like some people might want to like ah oh, yeah money's not the the route to happiness and but like you're pretty happy when you like, they're the you ones sitting rent. on the most of it who say that because <laughs> they don't when you, they're trying to divert divert your attention that they have yeah or or get you to buy their program. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're making me nervous because you know, like, I would want to go Good. to a Tony Robbins. Be fucking nervous because when you yeah. this conversation needs to be had. I'm not saying don't go to Tony Robbins, don't join self help. I'm saying be yourself when you go in and yeah. be yourself when you go out and realize that these pitfalls happen. I think we all know whenever you get that message on your phone, this is the IRS. We are going to shut down your bank account unless you call us. We know it's a scam. Yes. But that yeah. scam still works. I know. Yeah. And so you have to constantly have conversations about even fringe topics. Let me tell you this real quick because I got scammed for 5Gs. It was two years ago now. Mm. But from my fucking Chase bank account, the guy called me and he said, I'm going to send – he's like, uh, we, we noticed some fraud on your account. Were you Are you in California? And I was like, no, I'm not in California. I'm in Colorado. What are you talking about? He's like, oh, we had some charges in your uh, on your bank. We're gonna have to shut it down. I'm I'm with the Chase Fraud Department. I'm gonna send you a code. I want you to read me that code. And this is what Chase does. They tell you sometimes. I'm gonna send you a code. Yeah. But what he did was at the same time he's trying to log into my account. My account was asking him for a code. They sent my phone that code, and then I told him the code yeah. because it was two different. Re there's two different reasons why they would send you a code, and I didn't see that it was for a change of a password. He changed the password on my account, got in, sent himself five thousand bucks, and luckily that's all they took. Um, mm. Chase gave me the money back, which was cool. But like the best of us, look at me. I'm a fucking. I'm like, I got scammed. I'm that guy. Me too. You, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. I took a program. They fucked me up, dude. I had to. I, I Do you want to tell us the name of the program? <laughs> no, okay. because because I'm going to tell you, uh, it could be any of them. Right. I joined it a program. Also. It depends. It depends on what you go in there for. Is it, it's not landmark, right? Probably not landmark. Uh, oh, shut up. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I did that. Okay. I'm just kidding. No, it wasn't. It wasn't landmark. Um, you know, I've been through so many courses, and I found a lot of value in them. And, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I like to take blame for my part. And so it could have been the way that I went into the program. And let's just say that that's what it was. Uh, me going through that activated my reticular activating system, which means like, hey, you bought a Tesla. So now every time you drive somewhere, you notice the abundance of Teslas on the road. So because I went through this process, I was able to see other people going through the process because I recognized that it existed. 
And so I'm not, yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to tell anybody to not join programs, but it's important that when you go into them that you're not brainwashed. That, like, for instance, let me tell you this. Um, this Saturday, last Saturday, I went to, I was in beautiful San Diego, California, and I took a barbell certification. Uh, and I didn't take the barbell certification to become a barbell coach. I took the barbell certification to help with my core my steel mace flow practice. And so I went into the thing with an objective and boundaries and things that I wasn't willing to pass off. I wasn't, I'm not willing to um, hear somebody's timeshare uh, scam. If you say, hey, you want to talk timeshares? Uh, I'm going to leave the room. No matter uh, what, whatever I was there for, I got that information, and then once you start laying on the shit, I, I know that what it is that I don't have to participate and I don't have to be uh, involved in it. And, and so, you know, verify your, uh, you know, whoever this coach is, make sure that they've helped some people and ask them about the people they didn't help. No coach uh, has helped 100% of the people. Can you please give me an example of some of the people that you weren't able to serve, that did not make it through your program, that found uh, it not to be effective? They were resistant oh. to the program. They just weren't willing to uh, open up and do the do the steps you necessary. Smell that? I smell that shit. I smell <laughs> that shit too. I'm your eyes you. are brown. Your <laughs> eyes are brown. I smell it. It's coming out of your nose. Like they walked in with the wrong attitude. See, you gotta... Hey, 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 it could be, but yeah, I refuse to believe that every coach is perfect. No, of course. I'm just, I refuse to believe that everybody's program is perfect. And so if you can't give me an honest answer about that, then, uh, you know, I'm probably going to move on to the next one. Well, I'll tell you this and Corey, my friend, Corey, a bunch of my friends went to this landmark. Um, we all went landmark mm -hmm. is some kind of self-help rehabilitation group therapy course and wow i worded that pretty well actually and you go there and they you're in a group but you you're, you're delving into your like childhood trauma fears trying to get past it so that oh. you can move on with your life i hate it already <laughs> keep going and uh you know i went in with a relatively open you know attitude about it because my friend had gone through it and, and he was really hyping it up and i was like whatever i was just gonna go but, and, yeah. but i went with another friend and he was he kind of went in with a like decent attitude but right away mm -hmm. when they started asking him like to take responsibility for his part in whatever trauma there was he was like from that point on he was just like i'm fuck this course this is stupid but we stayed there for two more days and all mm -hmm. it was weird I ended up getting a little bit of something out of it. I don't remember what it was, but the hmm. next next thing you know, though, of course, they want you to sign up for the next course, which is twice as much money, and it's going to make you. But I was like, I'm good. I got. I think I got what I was going to get. I'm not doing that again, personally. Um, a couple of my friends went back. So, so the the uh, childhood thing. Mm -hmm. I'll get into it real quick. Yeah, because I hate this one, man. Do you know where I got my hairline from? My parents. <laughs> Your dad. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so what else? What else did I get from my parents? Hey, you know that emotional trauma I got? Guess where I got it from? Parents. For sure. Okay. 
We all know that shit. Any problem that I have, if I wanted to talk about it long enough and look into my past and into my childhood, I could probably associate it with uh, my childhood, some some trauma. So so why the fuck do we need to go down that road if we already know that? Why, why are you picking at old scabs? Why don't you just fucking move past it? I saw this person. This was the thing that really broke the camel's back for me. I had this friend who was a solid individual, went through this course. They took they took my friend through um, a bunch of – they brought up a bunch of horrible memories that my friend moved past. Moved past years ago. My friend's flourishing. They're doing great. And then uh, they got into this course, paid – Thousands and thousands of dollars, and then uh, asked her to share all the vulnerable, all the demons, asked them to relive all the emotional trauma. What kind of coach wants you to go through that? Why, why on earth would you take somebody who's moved past that and put them back in, in, the, in the place or in that place? Right. And then the course ended two weeks later. They got my friend as if it was a beehive, shook it up, got it as frenzy as they could and said, breathe and journal and breathe, journal and meditate. Sit with your emotions. You want me to sit with my emotions after you just shook up the beehive? I, I can't stand that, man. It all comes from our childhood. I'm not into sitting with my emotions. I'm, I'm into moving through them and moving past them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could totally like uh, – Remember my first uh, my first memory as a child was domestic violence, and I could I could tell that story and I could relive it and I could let it shape me or I could just move past it. And I think a lot of us as adults we have moved past a lot of those things, and it's not so much finding sure they're okay. Hey, find out the reason or what? I mean, I, why why can't you just teach me the skill to be better now? Why do we have to go through that? And so it's one of my least favorite, one of my least favorite things um, to go through in any of these courses. And I kind of brought up the pillar principles of just about any of these courses. I don't care what course you've been to. If you've been to one like this, they're going to tell you to journal, Mm -hmm. to meditate, and to eat better. They're going to teach you how to talk to yourself. They're going to teach you how to talk to people. And these, this is through all the courses I've taken. I've taken a lot of courses. Yeah. And these are, these are the things that they all want you to do, um, just that basic practice. So what I've come to figure out is you can take those things and package them and put your coaching name on there. And, and in fact, you can help – you could probably help somebody out with those things. But diving into like – Hey, tell me your worst childhood memory. I actually want you to write it out. And then I want you to read it out loud as slow as you can to me. Ugh, that doesn't sound nice. No, but it, yeah, it hurts. And then, but what, what do you think you feel after you go through that? <clears throat> do you think you feel better or you just think you feel relieved? It's kind of like getting a tattoo. Getting a tattoo hurts. Okay. Yeah, and then when you get done, you feel like you accomplished this amazing feat. You're euphoric, but 
it's because you're out of pain that they just put you through. You don't just walk into tattoo shops and look around and then automatically have that glow. No, they got to fuck you up first. They got to drill on your skin for hours and hours uh, with, with, you know, with a tattoo gun, a, a needle. needle gun, <laughs> a fucking needle gun, scarring your skin, putting the ink in you, and then you feel better afterwards. Of, of course, somebody's going to feel better afterwards. It's like being so. in a vice and then they release the vice and you're like, oh, I feel great now. You know what? Even in, even with exactly, uh, even with my friends who are into these types of practices and these types of course, when I have these conversations with them, they roll their eyes. You know, hey Leo, you want to go? I'm going to take this course this week. Why? So I they can tell me to journal. I they're going to tell you to journal and breathe, man. They're going to tell you breathe. They're going to tell you journal. Uh, they're going to tell you to sit with your emotions. Why am I going to go to another course to say that? You know, it's just it's part of the practice. Uh, yeah, part of it. Well, okay, so there are other medicines, if you will, which, sure. I mean, obviously, I was a soldier, I was in Iraq, I know a lot of guys with PTSD, and I follow sort of the therapies that correlate to that uh, issue, problem. Yeah. And uh, so, and I, you know, there was a movie that we sponsored called From Shock to Awe, where these guys went through trauma and then they took like ayahuasca and things like that to deal with those traumas. And the wife, took, she didn't want to do the ayahuasca because of the vomiting and whatnot, so she did MDMA. Now, I could see maybe, maybe, if you're having issues, if you're already good, why the fuck go back and revisit it? But if you're going to go back and revisit it, ha like they're saying having the MDMA treatment so that you can relook at the occurrence in, in, from a some kind of perspective of love and forgiveness and this and that. and mm. But just like mm. putting people in that space and then sending them off into the world without any kind of real resolution, obviously, is going to probably like manifest some some more issues, <laughs> maybe. Well, yeah, the, you know, a, a big issue that you will run into in those practices is addiction. Got a soldier, got yeah. PTSD. He, his love language with his wife isn't working. They go to the doc, the spiritual doc, whatever. They go, to, they find a doc. Doc says, take some MDMA. See how you feel. Okay. Well, if you take an MDMA, you know how you feel. You feel amazing. Uh, All the problems in the world go away. And so what you learned is that, hey, uh, if you take this, you feel better. Good point. Very good point. Very. Yeah. And so with all the medicines, um, I just did some, I don't know, can you see them? My burns? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I know what that is. Yeah, I did some combo. It's a frog. I did some thing. combo. It's Talk like some me. frog, some frog excretion that warriors used to use back in the day before they'd go fight and hunt jungle people. It would improve their eyesight, make them faster, stronger, and um, there's a bit of purging involved uh, when you put this what feels like poison. Uh, you put this poison on your burns, and uh, I, you know, I, I had somebody administer the practice, so I didn't do it myself. But um, it, it's addicting. 
that feeling of being uh, on jungle warrior <laughs> medicine is a, it's addicting. You know, DMT, you could go talk to the gods, all of them, even Jesus. Uh, it's addicting. And so you have uh, putting medicines in in the practice, you know, you have to go to the you have to go to the right people. Uh, I recognize I, I have uh, I'm an addict. And so whenever I introduce myself to any practices or medicines, I know that going in. And, you know, I wasn't always an addict. But what happened was somebody gave me something and it made me feel better. And so I started, I became an addict. And um, so if you're going to start taking medicines and doing ayahuasca's and you should have a, you should have a, something figured out uh, as to how easily you're addicted you should look at past things that you got into. Are you a person that can just dabble in stuff or do you have to go all the way in? Because if you're one of these, I'm all the way in if uh, people and the doctor gives you MDMA, you, yeah, you, you might go all the way in. Mm-hmm. And so you, you need to, yeah, you need to, well, yeah, you need to be careful. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I know that's what? some cliche advice, but <laughs> it's, it's the advice all this time. But, um, yeah, you can't do stuff half-hearted and, and without all of the information, their information mixed with your, your information. Yeah. I mean, because if, if these medicines, and this is to agree with you uh, mostly, actually, is, you know, because they say they're healing, but if they're so healing, then why do these people have nope. to keep going back nope, and back? Not. We just talked about it. I no know. No one's healed. I know no exactly. Yeah, and so even is it a mask. It's a. It, is it a band aid? I don't know. It, is it a cast? Well, you know, you've you've done psychedelics, you've done mushrooms, and sure. sometimes you you do get that re, like reborn feeling, and you, you quit smoking, and you didn't. I don't think you ever smoked. Yes, but maybe you mm-hmm. you do certain things for about two weeks, maybe or not even like three or four days, and then you just mm-hmm. go back to your own your, your normal ways, pretty much. That's what I've yeah. That's what I've experienced. Yeah, it, it happens. Um, and you know, the conversation with me has always got the two sides of the coin. Uh, I talk about these things because I have experience in them, and not just bad experiences. I've had very good experiences. Speaking of my combo session, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me is, more, please. I've I've smoked the least amount of cannabis I've smoked in the last. What's a decade? Ten years? Yep. Yeah. In the last, this is the least amount of cannabis I've smoked in the last decade. Wow. I don't know if it was from the medicine. Um. But yeah, there's there's a thing definitely happening to me. You look very white, white eyed, white eyed, and I, you know, and I'm, you know, I have you, you and I. I have the same thing with with the marijuana. I, you know, smoke all day every day, basically, and I'm really. That's my last one of my last major crutches, you know, for the most part. And I was thinking about doing the ibogaine, you know, and, and you've heard mm. of that, right? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you about my um, my smoking deal. Tell me, please. Um, yeah, because so I've I don't want to quit smoking cannabis. I love it. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, 
but I do. I mean, I I'm all day, every day, every day is Friday, and yeah. <laughs> smoke a lot. Once I start, <laughs> I don't stop. If I if I smoke in the morning, I smoke till I go to bed. Um, and I met a girl. Ooh, I met this cool girl, and love love the girls. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, the ladies. I was I was talking I was talking to the girl, and I said, "Man, I haven't smoked weed all day." It just kind of came out. I just thought, "Oh shit, I haven't smoked all day." And she asked why, and I said, "Oh, I'm happy. I'm just very happy." And I like to be I like to be happy. And I don't, I don't want to mask how happy I am. Instead, I'd rather be present at how happy I am. I've got the coolest job in the world. I've got the coolest dog in the world. Uh, I've got the best employees uh, that you know anybody could ever, ever have. I've got my dream car. I live in the place of all places that I'd want to live. I have an awesome apartment. I've got toys. I've got, I got all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. And, I want to be present for them, and um, that wasn't from a life coach. A, a life coach. That wasn't Court, from course. a course I took. It wasn't from the the frog medicine or the ayahuasca or yeah. I just I'm happy, man, and and things are working in in that and however you want to define working. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, there you go. I can't, I can't relate. I can't relate the, um, all the happiness just to meeting the person. But, um, you know, Leo Savage is this name that I was gave by a, a group of men I was training in Albuquerque. They started calling me Leo Savage or, or Sav they just called me Savage. And it was the first time, Robert, I had a cool nickname. Like usually I was like tiny or skinny or huerito or I had all these like shitty nicknames that were basically insults. And so then I, I started getting called Leo Savage. And I thought, man, that's such a cool nickname. And uh, I, I, you know, I, as I was evolving, I started to turn into the savage. I started to turn into the savage, and I said, well, "Okay, what what is Leo Savage? How does he operate?" Uh, and it was based around uh, what makes me happy. What makes me happy? I'm going to do those things. This character of Leo Savage is going to do um, the things that make him happy. And titles are uh, titles make people react. And so, if people call you Leo, I was calling myself Leo Savage, so I started doing savage things. And then, as my base got bigger, my um, my name got bigger. Um, more people were calling me Leo Savage, and I started to believe what they thought Leo Savage was. Which wasn't necessarily what I thought, but um, at times I found myself 
acting the way people expected rather than the reason why Leo Savage was created uh, to make me happy. I was being Leo Savage to make other people happy. And I had this moment where, and it was this year where I said, I don't want to be Leo Savage because in the context that Leo Savage is operating now, I am being an imposter. Mm-hmm. Not an imposter to take advantage of anybody, but like to I yourself. said, I was, I was, yeah, I was. And so, um, yeah, last year I just, I decided I was going to retire Leo Savage hmm. and just feel what it was like uh, to not live that expectation, whether it was self-imposed or from the outside. And I was in limbo, man. I was just stuck i think we can relate to this like you start building your name and your brand and then you say like am i really the person who should be doing this i don't <laughs> yeah, have imposter the doctors. Syndrome. i don't yeah. yeah i don't have the letters behind my name but i'm taking people through you know transformative experiences dude i will uh, attest anyone listening leo is a great yeah. coach as far as explaining how to utilize the maze to maximum leveled like you got that the vernacular down but also you know you're you have more it's not just about the mace there's more like life lesson sort of motivational inspirational teachings that come along with it i just wanted to give a little plug for you because i really appreciate i appreciate i appreciate that but so this and i'm glad you and i'm glad you said that because i stopped recognizing that i was really having a hard time figuring out who who I was in like these two realities of Leo Savage, what I thought and then what the people thought. And even though I am the world's best steel mace flow coach, I had a hard time seeing it. I had a very hard time seeing it. And I retired that, um, that ego, that self image or, and yeah, I was, and then I just, and then I was like, yeah, I'm just Leo Yurkidis. And, and I didn't like that either. Because the truth is, is that Leo Savage is the person that I turned into to champion this movement art. And mm-hmm. and with that became the opportunity to help uh, more people than I could have ever dreamed of. And so I had something I, I wanted to be what I didn't want to be. I, you know, I don't I don't know if that sits or hits with anybody. Uh, and I did some soul searching. Um, I spent maybe the last six months uh, committing to making myself happy. And the part of the part that I was missing in not being Leo Savage was the opportunities to help people transition into happiness. And I got, yeah, I was, I wasn't happy not being Leo Savage and but being uh, have have stepped away from what was happening, I was able to take inventory of the things that I really wanted and the things that I didn't want. And uh, I, I, I went back. Robert, you're not supposed to go back, man. You're supposed to keep moving forward. Yes. But or be the present. biggest success I made this year was going back. Cutting out all the bullshit, how the money changed me, 
how the people's point of view changed me, how I changed myself through those two avenues. I just took myself back to when I was the happiest and I created boundaries around that soul. And I'm happy as fuck, man. I'm, wow. I'm so happy to be Leo Savage, the authentic version of Leo Savage. And I realized that when time changes, I have the opportunity to change and it might not always be the best. And so constantly me checking my ego and the reality of who Leo Savage is, uh, is an important lesson I learned, uh, through this process. And a lot of the, the conversations I have now are to open up your eyes, their eyes, because we want help and we want to have help from people. And one of the best ways to help yourself is to stay yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with you. We can do stuff. Uh, we can get the teeth fixed. All right. We can get the hairline restored. All right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, but there's nothing wrong with you, man, or uh -huh. anybody who's out there and you don't need to change, but you're welcome to improve uh, your relationship with being happy. Happiness. Yes. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Ooh, 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 you know that song? Ooh, 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 be happy ooh. now. Yeah. It's Bobby. That, man. Bobby something. His name Bobby was. Digital? I don't know. Bobby Green. I So had an interesting conversation and we're, we're, we're coming up to the end ish, but um, I did want to ask because I'm pretty happy. Good. And, uh, but so like now what, you know, like we're, we're successful. We made it. You're at the top of your profession. There's nobody mm. higher than you, mm. at, you know, in what you do in the whole world. And I, I attest to that as a, witness um i'm up there in the underwear realm amongst my peers i'm in the game doing pretty we're doing well um now what you know what i mean like well um just hearing you say that man it makes me so happy uh, it makes me so happy to uh anytime you have any bit of success uh, i celebrate it it makes me happy and so yeah, the practice now should be uh, cultivating that happiness. Uh, I mean, that's that's my mission now is if it doesn't make me happy, it doesn't serve me. And if it doesn't serve me, I, I, I try and stay away from it. There's some things that aren't that you can't avoid. Right. And, uh, you know, whatever. But if I do everything in my power to be happy when I run into one of those uh obstacles impasses hurdles i know my goal is to be happy and so i get to look at whatever that is from a lens of like okay well what's gonna fill my heart and, and make me the happiest you know but I, hey uh i'm gonna be i'll be real open and honest i am worried about what would happen to me if i made lamborghini money <laughs> i'm worried just realizing Why? that having a little bit of extra money in my pocket has changed the way I react to problems. Mm -hmm. Man, like I get it. I get why John Jones fucked up and did all his crazy shit because mm -hmm. 
it changes you, you know, things, <laughs> things you know, I, I get it. And I only, I only had to deal with it at a, at a small level. Um, but man, like my support system is unreal, Robert. And, uh, it, it was through my support system that I was, uh, able to see the conflicts I was creating because it affected the people I loved mm-hmm. or the people that I loved, not the people that, yeah. Um, yeah, build happiness and. I mean, okay, so if money was no object, yeah. what okay. would you do every day? Exactly what I do. <laughs> Let me tell you what I do every day. Talk to me. Do you know when I wake up? When I want to. Yep. And then when I get up, this has changed a little bit. I smoke a joint. I go to my favorite coffee store in the whole world, Summer Moon Coffee, in Austin, Texas, on First Street. I take my French Bulldog butter with me. We take my dream car, and we go get we go get coffee. We say hi to people. I go to my favorite place in the world, the Onnit Academy. It's a gym. It's my favorite place in the world. And I create beautiful movement. I record it. I publish it on my Instagram or my YouTube, and it makes me super happy. It's pretty simple. I oh, and I eat a steak every day. Uh, that makes me super that makes me super happy but that's my routine Mm -hmm. so you want to establish a routine that is the thing your wildest dream dreams are made out of i know that doesn't seem like the craziest most wild dream in the whole world but uh, for me it was at one time and so i have a routine but on top of that uh, i have a practice of making people happy just reaching out to people. I agree with that. Telling them I care about them, you know, and uh, and so that that's been that's been what works for me. I don't know. I don't, Robert. I don't know what to do for you, man. But I I would say <laughs> I would say that if you had all the money in the world, the thing that would make you happiest is like when your brother gets to upgrade from the financial gains you guys have made, like when. Uh, your wife uh, buys you a Tesla. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh no, no, that doesn't. That, <laughs> that's a, but you know, um, as you help people that are nearer and dear and closest to you, that's that's the thing that will fill your heart up. And just like you talked about, like you can only money can only take you so far as far as happiness is concerned. But um, I never get tired of it, man. I never get tired of making people happy or smile. Uh, yeah, so being of service is essential, and uh, creating happiness with uh, around you and and basking in it. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. I would end on that note, but I do have another question because All right. it's been a while. And you know, you the reason you moved to Austin was to get involved with On It in the academy, and sure. I saw you made the page not too long ago i'm sure you've been on there quite a few times yeah 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 and uh that was cool to see i was like that's why he went there so he did that and but are you you know there was that other guy eric and (laughs) is there any what's going on with uh the other steel mace instructor Uh, and you and the whole situation what's going on with the other steel mace instructor and me man you know what you know what, Robert? Nobody has had the balls to ask this question. <laughs> they asked me in the back, you know, like when in the back alley when we're alone. Nobody, 
has the God bless your balls, man. I'm just gonna say that. I'll tell you what happened. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, there's another mace company called Viking Ninja, and their leader's name is Eric Meland. And for dramatic effect, I'm just gonna say we are arch enemies. Arch enemies. Yes. Such a cool word. You know why that is? Because we're so much alike. Probably, yeah. Somebody asked me the other day. Uh, I, I, I'm so I am so fucking proud of Eric. First of all, and I'll get into that a little bit. Um, but he doesn't like me. He doesn't like steel mace flow. And and I attribute that because we're so we have so much in common that he probably sees his errors in my ways just as much as um, I. As, as vice versa. Um, Eric put out a a campaign of no flow zone, instructing his people not to flow. And I had friends, I had I had you know this group of friends that had been my friends for years, and we supported each other, and we were good friends. And then one day Eric said, "You." I don't know what was said, but everybody that wanted to be involved with, with Viking Ninja turned their back on me. 100% mm. stopped supporting me, stopped, you know, started using the no flow zone hashtag. And it was fucking brutal, man. Whoa. It's a lot of reason to not like somebody. Uh, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other little pesky irritant things in there that. Uh, could really make me not like – or could make somebody not like somebody. But, yeah, I, like I said, I see a lot of Eric in myself, whether he identifies with that or not. And so um, I've learned a lot from him, and I keep up with him. And here's what I know about Eric. Uh, I know he's extremely passionate. I know that what he is doing is not to – probably not to hurt anybody. There might be a little <clears> – <throat> take that, Leo – uh, but what he's doing is he's trying to protect people based on his vision of what he sees fitness as. Hmm. And so I can't fault somebody for doing that. Hmm. And and I respect him. <laughs> he just signed um, – he had a Viking Ninja team. I think he got rid of his Viking Ninja team and started working for this other company called TacFit. And TACFIT and Viking Ninja just teamed up and taught a MACE, still MACE certification, not a flow certification, but a still MACE certification. And there were like 60 people in this thing, dude. I keep up. And I was so proud of him that he's got these 60 students that just got certified and a thing that I absolutely love. I love it. I'm so happy yeah. that the students have a practice and a teacher and it's the goddamn pandemic and the Mace has helped out and has helped so many people stay in touch with themselves, their, uh, their physical selves, and then the spiritual side of it. There is, a, this, there is something spiritual about moving a Mace around. And I keep up with Eric. I'm proud of him. I recognize that what he's doing is not to uh, not to hurt anybody, but to lift people up. 
And so I'm in this weird position where people, when they when they show me conflict, they think they're helping me. So if somebody says something bad on social media about Steel Mace Flow, you better believe one of my Instagram people are going to send it to me like they're doing me a favor, like they're winning sides. So I hear everything. I, I If you're one of those people, don't send me any of that shit. Okay. <laughs> um, but somebody sent me this thing the other day, and it made me super happy, just like most of um, Eric's posts. It was uh, – TacFit has this program called FlowFit, and in FlowFit, you connect emotion with movement. It's a calisthenics program, but they, they encourage you to find flow. Uh, the highest mental state that you can be in in a physical practice flow state. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody from Instagram sent me a photo of Eric, the no flow zone guy, and he was doing the flow fit program. And it made me smile super big that uh, my arch nemesis, the guy who uh, doesn't like flow, doesn't like still mace flow, uh, he's teaching flow. And so there's been some healing there. There's hmm. been some personal growth in Eric's relationship with what is just a simple word, flow. And uh, flow is described in as beast mode, as being in the zone. There's all these different, there's all these different contexts of what flow is, and so it made me super happy to um, to see Eric continuing his work, and not just with Steel Mace, but like within himself. And hey, that's just what I, that's just the story I'm telling myself. I don't, I don't know what their what the story is on that side of the the field, but. Um, I'm happy about it, you know. I'm I'm super happy about it. Well, whatever he's doing, even if he's saying no flow zone, that promotes your business. And in in anytime he's teaching classes, that's also having a good competitor like another underwear company is that another pouch underwear company. People might be scared, "Oh no, it's another pouch underwear company. They're going to take your business." They're drawing more attention to the steel mace, which is going to draw Amen. more attention to you. And yep. so, and if you're both doing the same thing, then that would be lame too. So the fact that you both have your own thing, I think is good. I do think Agreed. there's a little bit of fear. I don't know. That's just my own assessment, but it doesn't, that's irrelevant to the whole fact. I like the way you're looking at it, which is from a very positive vantage point. And uh, it's, it can only help more people. Right? You know, and, and yeah, just to end that um, kind of conversation there, uh, I'd love and have reached out to Eric and his Viking Ninja team several times uh, in message, uh, in direct to phone, in message, and in, uh, in Instagram. Uh, but I've never stopped my quest to, you know, you know, like let's just fucking get over it, man. Let's just, we're both doing some great work. Well, I remember, and we'll get over it too, but like you and I both went to his course. So it's not like you yeah, remember. Yeah. It was always one sided, kind of, as far as the support and lack of support as it goes. But maybe he'll come around. And if he doesn't, you know, it's, that's hey, your man, time. Time yeah. heals all. And yeah. I have all I have all the belief in the world that, um, 
you know, as the hairs get gray and the muscle density starts to fall off and all you're left is with your heart, your soul and your memories, uh, you'll probably do everything you can to uplift those attributes that you have left. And um, yeah, and man, Eric, if I ever... Uh, well, I don't want to say if I ever, but uh, I apologize for any of the negative communication or feelings between us, and I'd love to, I'd love to do the work to patch that up. And, yeah, bury the hatchet, and yeah, and of course, get, move on, and yeah, yeah, that'd be. I, I would love to see that, and I think we will see that in time. You know, I'm with that. So, I want to respect your time. Appreciate Thank you very much for coming on. That's great catching up. I want to do it again. Now I'm like, fuck, why haven't we done this in so long? But it also made it that much more special to talk to it you. Did, man. So thank you. Um, thank, thank you, everyone, you. for listening. This is Leo Savage. He's everywhere. You can find him online. Um, and go to one of his courses. It'll make you a better person. And it's fun. It will. It will. It really, I mean, it, that's it. I don't have anything else to say about that. That's it. You got All anything? Right, you, you, you can say words. Yeah. Um, you guys make sure to check out steelmaceflow.com so you guys can, uh, well, you know, we can learn Subscribe. a little bit about more about what I'm teaching. And uh, if you're looking to get certified in steel mace, I've got coaches all over the world who speak all the different languages. Uh, it really has turned into a global event of uh, moving with emotion. I couldn't be any happier. We have a level one and level two chorus and, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, life's good, man. Um, wearing sheath underwear every day, you know, rocking it, Robert, I'm going to leave, but I got to tell you one of my favorite stories. Yes. I'm at the on it gym with the bros, you know, I'm hanging out with all the bros and, uh, these two girls, Austin girls, Uh oh. the women of Austin, as they're called. They're walking up to me and the bros, and they're looking at me. And we're at on it, by the way. Of course. And they walk up to me and they say, "Hey, are you the?" And I already know what they're gonna say. The steel mace guy. You'd like some lessons, of course. But that's not what they said. You know what they said, Robert? They said, "Are you the sheath underwear guy?" Ah. In front of my bros. Nice. So it was like. Just, 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 just a really fun story for the ego, and uh, I thought it'd bring a smile to your face as it does mine whenever I tell it. So, oh, wow. my friend, I love you. Love uh, you. Please tell the wife. I said hi. Please tell your daughter. I said hello, and then uh, Sheath Nation. Uh, thank you for your support, and we'll catch you guys next time, huh? Oh, show. That was fun. All right, people. Yeah, man. We're out of here.